It's Elaine. And uh, it's been a tough week in the U.S. I have to say that uh, it's pretty heartbreaking that in this past week we've lost three people that were related to school shootings. And they're all by suicide. Uh, two survivors of the massacre last year at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Florida and the uh, father of one of the children that was killed in the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. I think it absolutely heartbreaking. And the fact is that people do suffer from survivor's guilt. You know, how, how do you handle that? How do you handle that as a child? You know, it's obviously hard uh, for uh, Mr. Richmond, who lost his six-year-old daughter. You know, for 20 children and six adults to be killed in a school has to really play with your head. But I really wanted to talk about the two kids at Parkland because I think it's even harder when you're that young with raging hormones and the insecurities that teenagers have, losing 17 people and not knowing why you were spared can add to that jumble of, of weirdness that goes on in your head. And uh, it's funny, not funny haha, funny odd that uh, back when I was 16 and we lost our friend Andrea to suicide there were actually three suicides that week in Ottawa. Um, knew of one of the other people, not really well, but it seems these things don't happen in single solitary events. And the heartbreaking thing is as hard as it is for these kids, as hard as it is for you, when you feel like you have no one and no one's listening, and why should you bother being here at all? I can say from these many, many years later that what's kept me here is thinking about the people around me my family, my friends. And after living through a suicide and feeling all the anguish and the doubts and the self-recriminations and the what if, the constant what if, I can say that feeling 
lost, bereft, heartbroken, uncomfortable, angry, confused, all of these things were put to the back of my mind, knowing that if I chose to take my life, then that's the kind of devastation I was going to create in those I left behind. And I had to weigh that against what I felt was my need to end my pain. I'm not condemning anyone. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It just is. And there obviously comes a point where these people felt they couldn't go on. What I think I want to suggest is that we now know better. We now know that there's so much in terms of trauma, so much in terms of survivor's guilt, even when someone around us commits suicide, that it is imperative that people, parents, siblings, teachers, principals, uh, co-workers, it's imperative that you be aware, that you stay vigilant and, and try to be aware of signs, to maybe just reach out and ask if they're truly okay. Who knows? To this day, I still ask, what if I called? What if I called that night? So I picked up the phone from my babysitting job to call and say Happy New Year. I threw, put the phone right back down because I thought I didn't want to disturb Andrea's aunt and uncle, who were much older. And calling after 11 seemed like a really bad idea. That haunted me for years, where all I could think was, my God, what if I'd gotten through? What if I could have talked her out of taking her own life? And yet, who am I? Um, years later, found out from some other people and others who have gone through suicides that uh, that's often how people feel. Uh, people, you know, chastise themselves for not noticing, for not seeing some sign, for not being more aware. But, you know, as humans, we can be we can be very closed. We can be very sneaky when we want to. Uh, 
we can hide from those closest to us. I know I've done it. Even after the fact. When you've come so close. And yet, you hide that too. It's not an uplifting episode today. And yet, I want to make a point of leaving you with a more uplifting thought. That as we learn more and more just how much angst and pain there is around us with the people sometimes closest to us, I urge you to listen to those little inside whispers. That intuition that you have sometimes just think you ought to call someone. All I say, don't think about it twice. Do it. Just do it. Who knows? There's no guarantee you're going to save anyone. There's no guarantee that things will be that bad for whomever. But there's no guarantee that your call your reach out, your visit, can't help that one person. Because really, that's what it's all about. If we can just go through life and help one person. I also have to say, I want to give a shout out to people who work on suicide hotlines and people who are in the trenches and, and work with uh, people that are very close, that have had close calls, that are you know, on suicide watch. I think it takes a very, very special kind of person, a certain fortitude to be able to do that, to be able to empathize and not lose yourself in what's happening. Be able to perhaps lend a hand in some way. On that note, I just want to offer a little prayer for the three people that were lost this week. wrapped up in their own despair, haunted by survivor's guilt. And say it's really horrid, the waves of grief caused by these individuals. And after the latest act of horror in New Zealand. 
I also want to say that there is a little hope. There's a little light in the horizon. When the Prime Minister of a country realizes that she has to take a stand, she's going to put a stop to the guns. Well, it's not the end-all, be-all, but guess what? It's a start. And again, all I pray is that we can help one person, if each of us can help one person. So until next time, when I hope to be a little more on the upbeat, and I want you to just keep breathing.